0: All right, we are live test test. Continuing to test, see here,
1: make sure it works. I'd like the volume to be higher, to increase volume. OBS, yes, obviously you can slide the little thing around. Sources box. Uh, How do I find Advanced Audio Properties? Click on the gear icon, Advanced Audio Properties, boom. And
0: Audio Output. Capture, bump that up, or no, I need the audio input. 15, 20, 30, bump in the mic, sorry. All right, is that better? better. I think it is but I want to make it so that you have to turn this down, not, and Revere is in the house. Let's see here. Go there, capturing a lot of the wall here. <laughs> Zoom messed up with my stuff for some reason. All right, I think that's acceptable. Everyone go ahead and say something make sure I got you locked in here.
1: Can you hear me okay? You go ahead
0: and say make sure I got you in. All right, I'm not hearing you on the audio output. Hold on, I got to change that. Properties. Oh. All right, t- uh, try it again.
1: Can you hear me okay?
0: I can, but
1: There's an OBS,
0: I can't, let's see here. Oh, Mr.
2: OBS,
0: what's going on? Default, say something.
1: How do I sound now?
0: Say something. Still sound good to me, but you're still not showing up on the audio output for the live. Um, all right, try say something again.
1: How do I sound now? Well the good news is nobody's watching yet. Cause this is just not Oops. Use something different than last time.
0: No, I don't know why OBS is having a bad attitude. Audio output capture.
2: Set up for the live podcast.
0: Got you there. Since I can hear you, OBS should also be able wonder if I need to restart OBS. Gosh, this is annoying. Um, see, that's just doubling up my audio. All right, I'm gonna restart OBS because I don't know what the deal is. Be right back on the live. Say something over here.
1: <clears throat> there it goes. How does it sound now? All right, I think we're good now. Awesome. What'd you say? All right, just said awesome. Okay, we're rocking with it.
0: <sighs> well, technically started ten minutes late because audio issues, but that's the way of the road.
1: All right, how are you doing this evening? Not too bad. Whatever. <laughs> yeah.
0: A quick note to all the ravenous fans of the live next week we're switching to starting at 7 30 eastern 4 30 pacific right Revere. yes and that's because revere is doing some soccer or the soccer (laughs) um frisbee stuff so gotta gotta fit the fit in the exercise. Yes. How was your weekend? Actually, before we get into that, what are you smoking?
1: I'm smoking the La Yomita, I think. Duh. The yeah, I like that one. What are you smoking?
0: Aliva Series 5. I think this is the regular, not the uh Maduro. And it's a Leary it's a Leva Series 5 double Robusto technical title. Oh okay. Um if you get anything else besides that specifically, it sucks because I've mistakenly ordered other cigars. <laughs> um and then what are you drinking? Uh to
1: twelve or age twelve years. Nice. It's my last, my last before I have to resupply. So. Ah,
0: I'm uh polished off my, which is why there's a little bit more in there because I like I poured it and then there's so there's teeny bit left in the bottle. I was like, well, might as well just finish it. No point in keeping a swallow or two in the in the bottle. Um, so I'm doing the four roses single batch.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, I had some last night while we were gaming because that was almost it was. MT ish well getting down there, so I evened it out for this afternoon.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, this is like my original pairing in you know, like post college basically, or like when I was able to have my own stuff. Four roses and this is really five. good. Yeah, <laughs> I thought yeah, I told you it's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh glad that glad dude the uh, this month's box looks pretty awesome. And then I, you know, I get uh have been getting what's this face is Brian's box subscription. Mm-hmm. And this, I don't know the brand, and I just looked at it briefly because I got it today. My subscriptions today. But one of them or two of them are marked with a B. I was I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> Seems like those might be my cigars. And they're pretty, they're pretty bands. Uh this month's Brian's box looks pretty awesome, actually. So um nice. Yeah, I'm excited, and the form Farm roads also look pretty good. All around, good, uh, good month. We'll see. Hopefully, they, you know, the draw is good and everything. But anyway, all right. So how uh, how was your weekend? Good.
1: Pretty normal. Not uh, not too
0: much going on. Uh, did you do anything special? It was Father's Day, right on Sunday.
1: Yeah, we celebrated it at
0: Friday though. Okay, yeah, dude. I so, thought it was Monday, <laughs> so that's why I didn't get my. I have. I still have to write my letter. I talked with dad the day before, um, but I thought I had till Monday, so I was completely turned around.
1: I told. I told you. Yeah, I know you did, but.
0: Well, you said you better get it in like today or something.
1: It's like okay.
0: <laughs> I I said that I was, was eight
1: and then I followed up and it was like
0: by tomorrow evening it's not your fault in the slightest it's totally mine uh my brain was just in uh in in various circles so
1: yeah you're good it's it wasn't a deal so but how was
0: dinner was a good dinner
1: yeah i was it's a really nice really nice place so we had a good time together so
0: what what kind of food was it
1: i had a filet and i think that Was it like a seafood restaurant like what sort of food is it? I think it was mostly like traditional. There was a, well, it had some octopus. So there was some other things on the menu. Um, It's just a nice classy place. They have a variety of options on the menu. I don't know. They're not specific to anything in general, I don't think.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Nice. Very cool. Well, thank you for arranging that.
1: I was, uh,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> I always find it annoying when people post all over social media about how great their dad is or mom or whatever the day is that they're celebrating because yeah. to me, I go, you know, that's, that's a personal relationship thing because you're the, you and your siblings are the only people that are going to 99% of the time agree with, you know, any statements about your dad being the best, et cetera so or maybe not 99 percent. i suppose the bad father rate is higher than one percent but still you know i just want to you know every time i see, honestly every time i see a, oh my dad's the best be like yeah no mine is the best so you're <laughs> stupid and now you're a liar you know? <laughs> like that <stuff. laughs> that's the emotional reaction that i have um, so yeah anyway but it's i guess it's good for people to express it once in a while but it doesn't make a difference you posting on social media it doesn't it shouldn't mean anything for your relationship with somebody and it shouldn't mean anything Rel, it shouldn't have any serious impact other than if you're maybe telling a story to help other people relative to their dads or something
1: but even then it's like you
0: can do that any day
1: most of the time it's just a way to gain artificial brownie points
0: yeah exactly
1: exactly
0: but anyway uh all right any uh let's see here how's the car working out
1: it's working i I've, I've been hearing a couple sounds so i'm taking it in to have it looked at one within my 30-day warranty period so hopefully it doesn't turn what into kind of sounds big. Well, first of all, these cars are supposed to be super quiet. And I actually, I called a body shop and talked to them about it. And I was going to get it diagnosed, but they didn't think it was necessary. But they did say that with this particular company, that yes, you better take it in there and make them fix whatever's going on because something is because they don't make sounds. Uh, So there's like a slight, and it's not consistent, but it's, I've heard each sound multiple times. There's a slight grating sound from slowly accelerating so that could be a timing belt um there's this weird like the best way i know how to describe it is like almost like a bubbling sound when i'm in idle at a stop stop light or stop sign no idea what that is uh and then my brakes i don't know what condition my brakes are in but they've been making sounds just like just a squeal or whatever yeah so Hopefully that isn't turning into anything serious, um, and if it is, I'll just return the car and find something else. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. so, but I got it. I'm. I've been trying to get them to take care of it as soon as possible. So.
0: Nice. Okay.
1: But it hasn't crashed and burned yet, so. Yes, yeah. doing what a car is supposed to do. Cool.
0: Did you listen to any uh, good content or anything?
1: I didn't listen to a whole lot this week. I um.
2: <clears throat> I'm
1: trying to think if I, I'm forgetting anything. Uh, I don't think I listened to much. Uh, I uh, I did watch watched Fight Club though Saturday What'd night. Think? for the first time. I, I I really liked it. I liked it more than I was expecting to. Uh, so yeah, I, I was not. I, I went in with relatively low expectations, and I was impressed. I thought okay. it was well done, well written well acted did you think it was worth watching yeah why well i thought it was an interesting cultural commentary on the men of a society at a time and how they were affected by material possessions and then their misguided way of freeing themselves from that from the Yeah, from being possessed by, you know, being owned by what you own, as the Mm -hmm. quote goes in the movie, right? So I thought it was interesting. And I thought it, I didn't feel like it was trying to make necessarily a point as much as it was trying to just tell and show a story. Uh, And so I appreciated that the men in the story, you know, they wanted to be men. They wanted to be fighting for something. And striving for something. And even though that was misguided, uh, I like seeing, I at least like seeing the identification of a culture of men knowing that they're missing something and they should be working and striving for more. Gotcha. What did you think of it when you watched it? <clears throat> to be fair, time?
0: I can't remember if I watched it or not. I think I did in college, but I have seen at least one reaction to it that filled me in on whether or not I forgot it or not, I can't remember. Which is not atypical for me. I forget things that I've watched all the time. (laughs) So so I, I would say based on that, I don't know that I can comment too specifically. I think that I think people are drawn to the aspects of the movie that you were talking about. I don't know that that's necessarily why the creators made the film uh, so, which is a question not a commentary mm-hmm. and part of that is like I, I so i think it's a very clever premise and i think it's un, sort of unique but at the same time i actually just watched uh, just trust ash reaction to american psycho which i would never watch just because i don't know why that would worthy movie to watch, or at least I haven't had a sense of it being a worthy movie to watch. But I, I don't yeah. mind watching the reaction because hey, I'll get the fill in. And it was sure. actually struck me as a very similar premise in a lot of ways, Maybe. just different character situation. And I don't know which one came first. So so yeah, I think that's the question potential criticism I would have is I don't know because there's things in it that don't need to be in it if that's what you're going for, I think the stuff that you're talking about. The drop down of society and the lackadaisical nature of or not even lackadaisical men realizing that the life that they're living is dead and on you know on the outside and the inside and it's killing them, et cetera. And they need something to make them alive. But I think a lot of people watch it more for the cool, funky, crazy aspects of, oh yeah, wouldn't a fight but fight club be cool rather than taking The things that you got out of it as the premise of the purpose and applying that to maybe how they're existing within their own lives. So, because I don't think I've ever heard anyone say, oh, yeah, it really kind of was a great thought provoking piece on, you know, wait a minute, why am I sitting in front of an Excel spreadsheet 10 hours a day when I could do it nine and spend an hour reading a book or whatever the heck. So, yeah, I just haven't come across any commentary
1: along those lines from people who have okay interesting so
0: which isn't it's not like i talk about this with many people anyway so it's a very tiny sample size but that's just my sense of things
1: so yeah yeah i watched i I did watch ash's reaction to fight club actually after that which i didn't like it wasn't a very good reaction in my opinion sometimes i wish he would just shut up and enjoy a good movie. <laughs> but yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> he gets on my nerves sometimes. Yeah, I also watched a reaction to Good Will Hunting, which was decent. Have, have you watched that yet? <clears throat> Who's Ash's reaction to Good Will Hunting? Yes, yeah, that was a good reaction. Yep,
0: yep. I thought it was cool how much he loved Robin Williams and everything. It was neat. Yeah.
1: This goes so, to show he like,
0: he 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 is an emotional individual who can have yeah. deep thoughts and feelings. And it's just that sometimes he gets caught up with driving the reaction of the channel yeah. versus maybe uh digging
1: in versus it, so. being genuine.
0: <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. He's the one with fifty thousand subscribers or whatever it is, and we're the ones with six,
1: so that's <laughs> true. But that doesn't make us wrong. <laughs>
0: And he has a girlfriend. So, you know, he's stacking up the chips right now. (laughs) Mm, But anyway,
1: so, okay, cool. Nice. I also watched The Gentleman twice, (laughs) two nights in a row, (laughs) because I watched it with Cambria. (laughs) Because I watched it with Cambria, and then I had recommended it after watching it. I was like, oh, I need to watch it with Tyler. So I was like, we should watch this. And then the following day after... Saturday after Frisbee, I was hanging out with him and James, and it was just the three of us. We were like, let's go hang out, have dinner, and watch a movie. And so we ended up watching that since neither of them had seen it either. So
0: nice. What did James think?
1: James really liked it. He liked he liked the coach um a lot. So I think right. I think they, they were very they- he at least was entertained by it. And I know Cambria liked it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's the kind of movie that she would like the vibe from.
1: Yeah. What about you? Did you absorb any intellectual content?
0: I didn't absorb too much intellectual content. I think I did a few podcasts and things like that. Other than that, I'm trying to think. I watched a few different reactions to different stuff and i found a new channel with the reactions to the whole lord of the rings so i smacked that you said you were going to me, the, send me send me i know i need to you send you two yet. now <laughs> and uh, and then part of the reason was so jeremy came up friday and he was with me saturday sunday and monday cuz he had monday off mm-hmm. and so basically we woke up let's see here saturday we woke up at 3:30 to get to the river at five forty-five, and we picked up bean doggy and i'll put i'll post a do a post on my instagram if anyone wants to see pictures and stuff but it was just gorgeous and perfect and amazing and so we stayed there i don't know three four hours or whatever it was we went fishing a little bit i caught one but i didn't have my drag was loose from when i had been pulling line out to oh, tie a new knot yeah. or whatever and so i couldn't set the hook properly and then i was like trying to reel them in it was like <laughs> So I was trying to tighten it and keep the the line tight, and he jumped out and threw it. But it was decent. It wasn't like you know, wasn't a monster, but it was a fish, a, a real fish.
1: <laughs> is it catch and release, or can you eat one if you get a good one?
0: I would have had to look up the rules for. We were on the Potomac River, and actually, is I what I thought it was. I mean, if I had to write it on a multiple choice, I would have said we weren't supposed to. But I thought it was okay because we have our Virginia fishing licenses, but technically, we were on a part of the Potomac that runs between. West Virginia and Maryland. And so I thought it was fine because technically I think, or I thought anyway, actually, I, I, this is where I was wrong. I thought that if you were on a boat and as long as you stayed in the water, you were fine. Even if you started in Virginia and came up, you would be fine. Apparently it's no, it, it actually, the, the the bank relative to the state actually applies. So that's where I was wrong. But anyway, a trooper came through and was like, hey, can I see your licenses? And we're like, oh yeah, sure, here you go. And he's like, okay, yeah, no, you can't do that. But like, I'm not going to stop you fishing or whatever. I'm just going to write you up with a warning so that if any other troopers come through, they can't write you a ticket because I've already given you a warning. And that way you can keep fishing today and just next time make sure. Nice. <laughs> it was super nice. And then he gave us some tips. I was asking him, about, I was asking him about, um, about, you know, what to fish for and stuff like that. And he was like, oh, yeah, they usually do great on this and that and the other thing. So he gave us a few different pointers for things.
1: <laughs> and nice. uh, okay. so, yeah,
0: it was cool. But anyway, that was a really nice morning. And then we came back and basically hung out here. Uh, we watched a bunch of the Call of Duty Challengers um, uh, Cup 12 or something. And so we did that and hung out, we had Bean with us. And then did that pretty much the rest of the evening. And then we went to bed decently early and we woke up at 4.10 the next morning, Sunday morning, cause we were gonna go to a different part of the river uh, the Shenandoah river and try and go fishing. So we got there for a little bit of touch before sunrise and we're fishing, but it was super low and just really rocky. And so it wasn't, it just wasn't a great fishing spot where we could walk to cause we don't have a boat. So we, then we left from there and we went to a spot where you could rent boats on a lake. And so we rented a boat for, you know, I think it was like four hours and fished in a lake it was super fun i was know, i got my the tops of my thighs got cooked because you know you're in shorts and they pull up from where you're normally in the sun so it cooked the top of my thighs but everything else did pretty well and uh but it was fun we didn't catch anything but it was it was nice to be out in the water There's nothing like being on a boat in the water and we got to explore and go up in little spots and fish here and there and smoke cigars in the on the lake and stuff it was cool and then we came back in the afternoon came back in the afternoon and I think we watched the end of the challengers thing. And then we watched them Seinfeld and then we went to bed and then Monday we woke up, slept in a little bit. And then our, we did a little bit of work in the morning. And then in the after, I guess around 12 or so, we went to a different Lake rented a boat there. And then they gave us a, you know, they basically, they give you a boat, like a John boat, which is, you know, a basic mm-hmm. metal boat or whatever. And then they give you a trolling motor with a battery because most of these lakes are small and whatnot. They don't want big battery. They don't want big motors on it anyway. And so they give you a trolling motor. So we started out across this lake, which I think it's, I think it's a 2000 acre lake all told. It's not a round lake. It's kind of a long, it's really a reservoir area with an outlet and inlet that they dammed up for whatever purpose. And so it's kind of long, but anyway, we started out across this thing and there was almost no juice on this thing. So I, we got the, oars out we made it across and then the rest of the time we were rowing to get to different spots against the wind and stuff and on the way back (laughs) i rode all the way across which i love rowing it's really fun but the uh, oars were different lengths so i was like trying to keep my hands in different locations to get even uh water depth and then on top of that the the you know the the, what they call it the i don't know the, the holes where the pin the oar pins go in that you use to row off of one of them was super chewed out. So you're constantly fighting, trying to like, jump out. But anyway, it was still a good time. Jeremy hooked one, but it got up underneath some logs and cut the line. So, uh, and it was funny. We were fishing the same spot. And then some dude shows up on his kayak and catches, a, I don't know, five pound bass, maybe right next, 10, I don't know, 15 feet away from us. And I'm going, what oh. we what is he using? <laughs> uh, but anyway, it was fun. At least we hooked one. And I think we had at least one more or two more bites. And so anyway, it was just another nice time out in the water. And then we came back and kind of chilled the rest of the day and, and whatnot. So that was kind of my my weekend. We watched a bunch of uh, kind of, uh, what do they call it? Catch, clean, cook videos, different outdoors videos and stuff. So, um, so yeah, so that was most of the content that I ended
1: up consuming. Nice. Sounds like a good weekend.
0: It was, it was super nice. Lots of, I mean, three decently early mornings in a row, two specifically early mornings in a row, and then just spending so much time outside on the lake and whatnot. And I haven't been on a lake, actually like on a boat on a lake in, I think 10, not close to 10 years. Maybe, I think we had that one family vacation where we did the pontoon boat when I was in college. So since then, I don't think I've been on a boat. And so it, it was really nice. It was very nice. But and it wasn't too expensive. The one like it was twenty five bucks for four hours, I think, which is not bad at all. Oh really?
1: Yeah, that's not bad at all.
0: Yeah. The next one we went to was more expensive. It was about sixty, but technically you could be on the boat all day. Now your battery's not gonna last that long, so it's kind of a cheat. Yeah, it, <laughs> the battery didn't work at all anyway. But <laughs> but uh, but either way it was were you too big. were you sore from rowing? No, I I thought I might be, but I actually wasn't. I mean, my biceps are a little tighter today, you know, from the rowing action, but my back and everything was fine. I think it's probably just because I've been getting out and exercising a decent bit the last two weeks. So, um, yeah, I've been not doing too bad. And um, so I think I assume that's probably why.
1: But yeah. Well, this weekend, I'm going to play our on Sunday, so I'm pretty. Excited about that! It's been too long. Are you guys
0: going to that local uh, band place?
1: Yeah, out in the desert.
0: And is it a group of you? Is it a is it a specific event? What's the
1: deal? It's a public public game, so it's just open, basically. Okay, so, so I'm going. In, with, so it's
0: a public event, and that you're going with a few people too.
1: Yeah, I'm going with Dauntless. Hawk well, going to be with you, so i or in Virginia. So I'm going with Dauntless, James, and then uh, one of the guys from church. I don't think you met him yet. Okay,
0: you got everything. uh, You see the engineering guy, the pilot, Will.
1: Oh, the pilot. Okay,
0: yeah, he wasn't there when I was there. He was uh flying. (laughs) Uh, uh, you got? Do you have all your stuff uh, tuned up, tuned in? Yeah, all my gears fresh. Got everything oiled up.
1: Yeah, well, I got a. I probably need to like silicone my barrels, but other than that everything's fresh I mean my guns are brand new I just i haven't even i've shot them like one time so
0: got it okay what what's your a r uh
1: it's uh it's a war sport so it's like an okay. it's pretty kind of like a modded m four but it's a little bit smaller So, nice so. all right
0: Did you have any deep thoughts on any specific subjects in the past week or so
1: deep thoughts because i only have three (laughs) three maybe not a lot i did read i've been reading in romans or i'm re I read through it once I'm reading through it a second time, and then I'm listening to commentary on, it. and there is a verse, and I neglected to memorize the location, but it's pretty common, well known it talks about how to, how we are to joy in tribulations and how and how tribulations builds or works patience patience, endurance, and then endurance, hope. And that I thought about, I thought that was, that could easily be a universal, uh, there, there's an easily, principle. there's a universal application for that line of thinking that can be applied to people outside of faith or religion as well. Mm-hmm. I thought that that would be, that is a good way to think about trials, struggles, and negative mental frameworks a good way to address them as well mm-hmm. uh, and um, so that's one thought that i had i don't know if you have any expounding thoughts on that but
0: probably the main gist of my thoughts would be that i probably need to internalize it because i think the next week or so is i only have about a week week and a half here and then i got to get out so of my place. Cause I still haven't found a job. Um, and so like, I think we mentioned last week, the plan is to, to basically get out, rent out my place so I can live for free, probably with Jeremy for a while. Um, hopefully not too long, but that way I don't, you know, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not running finances or anything down to the wire or trying to squeak it out. It's, you know, I have, I have room to maneuver. So, so yeah, which definitely is not a, a joyful consideration. <laughs> I, moving with Jeremy's great but not a <laughs> I don't want to have to do it for that reason. I'd much rather be moving down to Texas for instance.
1: So Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's probably the main thing. Yeah. Yeah, probably the main thing.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I I I think about how I'm supposed to navigate this current situation because there's definitely parts of me that are totally want to embrace a throw in the towel mentality or response, but there's also a substantive part of me that, well, then there's also response within me that goes, well, that means that you you know, better stop doing the podcast because you're not exactly contributing anything or not able to contribute something if you're not able to stand for it yourself. <laughs> so right. having this is i gotta show up at least once a week so
1: anyway yeah Man, don't give ground in your feet them yeah exactly
0: no matter how tough and scary the the robbers are <laughs> yeah um okay one of the things i was saying about was and this is actually from last week we just didn't get to it but I was curious what your take was on jokes, right? So I was thinking about this because I think of sometimes I hear a joke and I go, hey, like, or hey, that's not a high quality joke. That's not a, it. it, maybe it's too crass or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And which I think that there's probably always a line somewhere. But then there's another part of me that thinks of jokes in specific context. So the context of being with your buddy versus the context of being, you know, with your mixed group of friends versus the context of being in a unknown group or whatever it is. And I, I, I would say, I feel like there is a difference between those various contexts that apply to jokes and whatnot, Mm -hmm. and the crassness and or whatever it may be, crassness being the easiest, maybe denominator to, to apply to the theory and consideration for consideration. And but I don't know that I have any specific rules or laws from which I can draw or have drawn that perspective. And so that's what I was thinking about. And I was curious, I don't know, I was curious if you had any thoughts and I mean, or reaction.
1: Yeah, this is definitely something that I've thought about quite a bit. It's also specifically really related to what the Bible talks about in terms of conversation and, you know, not being vulgar, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't necessarily, I don't know if there is necessarily a line. but I tend to be very against subjectivity because I find it subjectivity often just to be an excuse to avoid, um, you know, the truth or reality. Because if it's Mm -hmm. subjective, then you can kind of justify it's just an easy way of justifying things without actually having to think them through. But I think that it can be very subjective when it comes to making jokes in a sense of humor. At least my line of thinking it is, thinking on it is specifically related to, I do think it's contextual because yeah, I joke around my friends in ways that I would not joke away, joke around my parents. Um, yeah. And it's not that I'm hiding anything from my parents. I just, there's a different relationship there and they would not appreciate, they wouldn't be able to appreciate or understand where I'm coming from versus my friends. It's completely different. My close friends.
2: Mm-hmm. <clears throat>
1: So there's definitely contextual element to it. And then the other thing that I've also thought of is some people are offended by jokes or they get offended by a certain sense of humor, maybe if it's dark or vulgar, et cetera. And then you make a joke in like a different, so like maybe someone's offended by a crass joke, but they're not offended by a joke about murder, right? To me, there's a disconnect there because, like, you just laughed at me joking about running over someone or whatever, right? This is obviously, obviously <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't have a joke in mind specifically, right? But the idea is still there, right? So you just laughed. I just made a joke about being homicidal, and that was funny to you. Then I turned around and made a a joke from the office that was maybe a little bit more vulgar and crass, and you're offended by that. So to me, there's a there's often a disconnect between what people. offended by and what they're not offended by and i don't understand that and so that's certainly a line of distinction that i've drawn for myself in terms of trying to identify okay where is the line personally you know how do i not take it too far especially in vulgarity etc um and so that has kind of helped my thinking about it a little bit because i don't think it's necessarily black and white um because there's all sorts of things you can joke about and some some people are perfectly fine laughing at terrible things. And then you make a joke about something else and then they're offended and you're like, what, this doesn't make any sense. Um, So, and sure, some jokes I don't think are funny, but instead of being offended by that, I'm just like, I just don't think that's funny, but Mm -hmm. you know, so in that sense, I think there is a certain line of subjectivity to it and also a certain uh, sort of absurdity to how people think about a sense of humor and what is funny and what's not funny so i don't know well, if there's a well concrete... let's
0: let's steer away from necessarily uh, going after what the proverbial other entities might have to say or think that is incongruous to us but how do you think about it as it pertains to how you govern your interaction and or uh, exposition of joke and joking
1: Sure. Well, I think it is contextual. And then I think it acts. And then the other line is your conscience.
0: Okay, well, so what defines context? And is there an objective? You know, is it basically is there objective definition between context? Or is that also subjective? So take, for example, somebody might not have a problem making a whatever crass joke in mixed company as they would with their friends. Whereas I, for instance, wouldn't. And I, you know, I know that, I, you know, you wouldn't either, but is that a subjective thing or is that an actual objective thing?
1: I think it's objective because everyone does it. To whether a certain consciously or- I, I
0: don't know. In a lot of the interactions with people who have different backgrounds and whatnot than say myself, I've noticed a a general, maybe not super specific, but I would say a relatively general merging of those contexts in the types of jokes that would be engaged in. So so I mean yeah if you take you know if you're taking the whole country I'm sure there is you know broader application of definitive Objective, quote unquote, societally based contexts. But there's been many times where people in mixed company have made jokes or comments and things like that that I haven't, I've been, you know, uh, maybe disappointed in relative to my personal take on it, but they think it's fine. So are they wrong if they think it's fine and I don't? Or do you understand what I'm going for, what I'm shooting at?
1: Yeah, I think so uh it'd be easier to discuss if we, had, if we had a specific example to break down but yeah uh no i think i understand it i i mean no i don't think they're wrong i, I mean well i mean again it i think it depends on your relationship with that said person if i'm in a, a group of people and someone makes a joke that i don't that i don't think is very clever or intelligent I'm not going to be offended that they made that joke and I'm not going to, you know, maybe I have, maybe I can break it down logically and objectively like, okay, this is why this joke wasn't funny uh, mm-hmm. and wasn't substantive. Do I don't do that, but uh, so I think not necessarily, No, I don't think it would be wrong. Uh, you know, if someone makes a joke about, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's some, some things that I don't, some topics that I don't think are funny, but comedians will get up there's an example comedians joke about everything. So they'll joke about it and I'm not going to be offended by it, but I'm also not going to laugh at it because I don't think it's fun, um, yeah. but I don't think it was wrong for that person to make that joke. Got it. Okay. So I guess that can be applied to a interpersonal and group related
0: situations. Okay. I like that. So the closest that I've gotten to, I think is it maybe consolidating my own Subjective perspective is what is the type of relationship with the people in this, in whatever context that I want to have and that I'm drawn to? And different people are going to be drawn to different things. So, for instance, I'm not particularly drawn to people of either sex making relatively or overtly crass jokes in mixed company. If, you know, girls want to do it among themselves, I don't care. I just don't want to know about it and vice versa. And, sure, sure. you know, a guy doing it in mixed company, same deal, me doing it in mixed company, same deal. And so that's the closest I've gotten to, again, consolidating my own subjective perspective on it. And I can't remember, have you seen the movie, A Man Called Peter? No. Okay. Well, you have to see it. Yeah, it's, it's very good. It's you'll probably think it's I, really I'm slow. familiar
1: with, I'm familiar with it.
0: Yeah, I I think it's really really great and I I really enjoy it. Mostly for a, p- a few particular scenes. The whole movie itself is just kind of a normal good movie that's a little bit older. But there's this one particular scene where this gal gets up and she gives a speech and her speech is to kind of a rambunctious group of young adults and the you know the girls are smoking cigarettes and you know they're all kind of joking and making fun of this pastor or teacher this revival little thingy that they're trying to do and so she kind of gets up there and she's never given a speech before or anything like that and she kind of starts off down this path and one of the things that she notes and this is pertains to my own consolidation of my own subjective uh, delineation of the con- of contexts but she Notes that she's talking about the progression of 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 women and how you know we've won the right to vote and all these other good things, et cetera. But how can we feel the? I think the way that she phrases it is a How can we feel as if we've you know achieved this great thing when men no longer feel as romantic about us as they did about our grandmothers? And again, I think this was you know set in the fifties or sixties, seventies, right in there is the setting and i've always liked that quote uh, but then b she specifically denotes the uh, talking about joking and she goes uh, uh, poets have become immortal for you know for 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 capturing a a woman's smile or something along those lines and again this is just a woman speaking to a woman but i i enjoy it a lot uh and uh, you know poets have become immortal for capturing. A woman's a woman's smile, but I've never seen a poet, you know, uh, capture a uh, the a girl's giggle at a smutty joke or whatever something along those lines. and that's kind of the context of the relationships and and whatnot that I think I generally have. obviously, I think compared to that timeline, I'm probably way looser than they would have been and and whatnot. <laughs> so it's more yeah. the the principle. but and again, this isn't about Girls who giggle. Like, do what you want to do, right? Different people are going to be attracted to different things and want different things in those contexts. But anyway, just kind of, I was thinking about that that scene a little bit uh, and earlier this, I think, this weekend, and then last week I was thinking about just joking in general. And so, and, and I think it probably kind of goes to the, you know, the the master of, um, you know, the master of your own domain, master of your fiefdom, and it's an element of your fiefdom that you are specifically in control of relative to how you communicate uh, yourself within different contexts. And then the types of people that you associate with in those contexts and how you are
1: reacting and interacting with them.
0: So anyway, Um, all right, okay. (sighs) Now we solved that major philosophical issue. So I, was watching a reaction to top gun and another movie that i'm pretty sure i've seen but i can't remember if i've just seen all the good scenes or what the deal is but whatever and in it they were talking about this concept of at the, you know at one point in the show it's you know you can always you can be my wingman anytime and i'd love to be your wingman or whatever and the thought jumped out it jumped to me of uh, this idea of being uh, building yourself up to be the best wingman you can be. And sometimes you're going to need help from the wingman in your life or wing women, or whatever the deal is. We obviously mostly talk to to dudes, um, but or I assume mostly, you know, who knows? I haven't looked at the demographics. Our six subscribers might be all female, but other than, I guess, you know, our family probably is all six, but uh, and Jeremy. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, right. So, anyway, the point being is this idea of how, if you think about yourself in the context of it pertaining to your friendships and the people you're around and the people and how you want to be known within the context of your circle of influence, is this idea of being the best wingman you can be? And how does that kind of tie? I think I feel like that ties into some of the other subjects we've talked about in terms of self improvement and keeping yourself going and staying. You know, staying on top of things and you know, staying on top of your mental health and all this other stuff, is you're either building yourself up to be a better and better wingman, or you're setting yourself up to be a less and less great wingman. And in the context of daily life, 95% of the time that doesn't matter. You're just bumping along in your life, most of the time. But at the same time, I think and I I would assume in almost everyone's life. There will become circumstances at different stages of life where you have to be there for people, or you have to, you know, operate in an intense situation. Obviously, Top Gun's about being a fighter pilot and dueling, uh, you know, fighter jets in the sky. So pretty high risk you know, scenarios, and you don't get to make mistakes, so you die. And so it's it's a it's a nice crucible for assessing this, or you know, withdrawing this idea of being a good wingman and what needs to go into that. But I thought it was a it's a good concept as a motivator to be on top of yourself, on top of your emotions. And I was thinking about it. All right, how do you like even if we're going to apply that to playing Call of Duty, right? What does it mean to be a good wingman when the you know three, four, five of us, however many, are playing Call of Duty together? At times, that means pushing people to say, "Hey, like you know, we can play this this hill better. We can rotate earlier." You know, Revere, you can do this, Britain, you can do that, whatever it is. And then there's other, another aspect to it where sometimes it just means, all right, you know, as a wingman, I need to chill. There's no point in freaking out over this. We're just playing a game that's frustrating and whatnot. And so there's different executions of, of what it means to be a wingman within even just the Call of Duty thing. Because if you're not being a good wingman, no one wants to play with you, right? We all know what it's like to be a bad wingman, and, and you know we played enough Call of Duty. We all know what it means to be a bad wingman, and we also know what it means to be a good wingman, and we also know what it means to experience when someone else is being a bad. Wingman. And yeah, those are. I I've, I felt like that was a good I don't know thought process to to work out and think about in terms of I think you know, as we talk about continually iterate and reiterate on various related topics, you know, in the course of this podcast and our conversations and everything, and just what we're living in our lives is it's, I always find it helpful to find a new avenue of attack on different subjects in my life, because it it opens up my brain a little bit. It knocks off some of the calluses, knocks off some of the corrosion that happens. If I'm just thinking of it in one specific context, It, it helps renew the process and the mental processing. So anyway, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but that was something I was thinking about this, uh, this weekend.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good parallelism to draw. I think that makes sense. Good way to think about it. I don't think I have anything to add on to it. Good. Well, I came up with a list of things for you
0: to improve in.
1: <laughs> I'm open here. Stop making jokes. while well, while we're trying to win yeah yeah
0: don't distract me bad wingman is distracting <laughs> uh no speaking uh not speaking of but something that i was thinking at some point maybe in the next couple podcasts we should totally do a podcast on relationships and stuff like that because i think that would be kind of fun and kind of cool so and maybe i can tell some of my fun stories i'm always concerned about telling the stories because you know you never <laughs> but, know who's listening. <laughs> And I'm not trying to fry anybody, but I have had some.
1: Some people need to be fried, though. (laughs) Well, that's That's not the way of the world.
0: Communicating it, but anyway, I think we should do that sometime. I think that would be cool.
1: Yeah, we should. Maybe that'll be the one that kicks off our listening base.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Boom.
1: How to date a man's perspective. (laughs) (laughs) Man's perspective from being single. (laughs)
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, single man expose on dating. Yes. Single men, single single young men wax eloquent about
1: yes. dating. Although uh, something obviously, obviously it's funny to joke about, but just because just because you are not in a situation that someone else is in doesn't mean that you cannot reflect truth on that said situation yes it doesn't mean that you don't know what the difference between right and wrong maybe you would not act the way that you say that should be acted that doesn't make what you said wrong so.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so you do have to be careful about the whole you know speck in someone else's eye log in your own but yes that's very true but it doesn't negate the if it's in the context of wingman stuff then i feel like that actually doesn't apply very much if at all in my opinion, because in that specific context, you have entered into a neutrally beneficial iron sharpening iron, right, sort of relationship and interaction, which is different than saying, oh, hey, Billy, that I barely know, you know, I've noticed that, you know, you blinked many times during, you know, uh, during songs or whatever the heck. So, yeah, anyway. So, yeah, uh, that's where that's a specific instance where context, I think, is substantively Uh, important to be applied. Uh, All right. So, okay. So I wanted to ask, so one of the things that I noticed or saw uh, came across last week was uh, you probably don't know. So this guy, there's this guy named Anthony Pompliano, right? And he's a big, big, big name in crypto specifically around Bitcoin, though he's branched out from there. He's got a job platform. He's got a podcast platform. He's got a whole bunch of different stuff. This guy is a big name. And he's the kind of guy who does a daily, you know, the sort of daily tweet. Let's, you know, X, Y, and Z is taking place. Let's get after it relentlessly today. Like that's kind of something he says all the time. And so big personality goes after it. And he actually has a brother too. Uh, I I think. Watch me get that wrong. But anyway, he did this post uh, or this tweet thing. And I think he's coming out with a course or something like that uh, targeting a, how teaching people how to think critically, because he said that he felt that critical thinking is a lost art. So I wanted to ask you how you would define critical thinking.
1: Well, I think that it's the ability to not just, I think it's the ability to have, uh, well, I don't know. I feel like maybe I can't specifically identify, maybe I can just only identify one aspect of it, but I think in a large part, it's the ability to ha- have an opinion and then be able to express why you have that opinion in a logical format. So instead of me saying, oh, I like this movie, I thought it was good, you know, let me tell you why I've liked this movie and why I thought it was good and why I enjoyed it, et cetera. So that is one example and maybe one element of critical thinking that comes to mind when I think,
0: Okay. I would call that logical thinking. I think critical thinking happens prior to and it, it is the catalyst in the execution of logical thinking. But I here's how I would generally and I actually didn't think about this beforehand. I was thinking about this as you we were talking slash so as I was talking. Critical thinking this is this is a subject that I've thought about a lot though. So Little bit of cat and mouse here. Critical thinking is the ability to figure out how to solve a problem. So, take for instance, at the beginning of this podcast, I was trying to figure out what was wrong with your audio. Okay. Critical thinking is the practiced ability, and some it's some people it's more natural than others. And some people should have it, and some people shouldn't have. Creative people, they probably don't have as they don't have the same type of critical thinking as maybe someone more operationally minded, like myself, or process minded, like myself. So there's going to be different flavors and elements of how it's executed. But speaking generally, case in point, at the beginning of this podcast, I couldn't get the. I was trying to figure out why your audio wasn't coming through. No clue why. Settings are all right. They're all connected, etc. Step one. Going in to make sure the audio, you know, the correct audio output capture is selected in the little, you know, selector in the properties. Step two is making sure it's not muted. Step three is making sure all the the Zoom is talking to the computer, which is then in theory supposed to talk to OBS. And then step four ended up being, okay, I think the issue might be that I need to just restart OBS because there might be some disconnect with the fact that I started, you know, whether I started Zoom first or OBS first slash you hadn't joined the meeting yet. So maybe I just need to restart OBS so that it connects fresh to the current Zoom, which includes you and your audio. Did that? Boom, it's working. We're We're good to go. That is an execution of critical thinking. And that's a very microcosm, right? But the same thing can be said for figuring out why an airsoft gun isn't working. Back when in high school, one of my guns was not working. And so you start to take, you take it apart, right? And then, then the, the, one of the first things you get to after you take the two halves apart is you get to the motor box. Motor box, not something you wanna mess with, right? But you unscrew it, you take it apart real carefully, you make sure you know where each screw goes, make sure you know where each spring goes in case it pops out, lift it off. Now you're looking at the open motor box. And then inside the motor box, you've got, you start to look at the actions of when you pull the trigger, Okay what's happening oh all right so the trigger is not resetting why is it not resetting oh it looks like there's this little piece here and there's discoloration on the metal and oh look there's this little metal chunk that fell out okay well that metal chunk is supposed to be a spike that sticks up the trigger interacts with and it busted off because it's you know cheap metal all right how do i solve this hmm Well, I guess what I could do is if I take a drill bit and I hollow out a hole where that spike was attached, I can then drill a screw into it that's about the right size. And then I can shave the top of that screw off and sand it down to where it's the right height of what that post was. Boom, that thing worked like a champ after that, right? That is another formulation of an execution of critical thinking. So One of the things, and and, and so then going along with that, one of the things that I read once and I forget the exact, I think the book is called Boys Adrift, really good book, totally recommend it, very easy read. It was written a while back by a psychologist slash doctor sort of dude. And one of the things he noted was in medical school, they they were and or are or have been having a tough time. Explaining even the basics of how a heart works to pump your blood to students. And I don't know at what age this is, you know, boys adrift, it's not senior high school or college students or whatever. But anyway, because no kid, you know, or the majority of the kids coming through the medical program or whatnot, he was speaking of, had ever played with a hose or played outside with water in a pump, had no experience in their background connecting them with. How the heart works, and part of that is because they don't spend time playing outside. They don't spend time outside solving problems. They don't, you know, throw a hose in the dirt, watch where the water goes, and build little, you know, little rivulets and build little, you know, get used to understanding how the water flows. They've never, yeah, you know, completely different application, right? So setting that aside, next thing they haven't spent time outside. How do I chop a piece of wood, right? We've got a friend; he's never chopped wood in his life. We go camping right? It's like, all right, how do you chop wood, right? Well, you got to stand like this, you got to get the force of the axe going like this. Here's how you increase the, I think it would be the centrifugal force of the axe. And here's how you get the right angle. Here's the different types of axes for splitting different types of wood. Here is how you make sure you're always facing away so that if the axe head flies off, it flies away, not towards camp and towards somebody or whatever it may be, right? Things like that you would never really think about if you hadn't, in our case, my case, especially, I think, right, grown up chopping a crap ton of wood and having a grandpa and a dad who would say, oh, don't do this, do that, do the other thing, right? So it's that ability to take a problem instead of going, I have no clue, you do one thing, you see what works, what doesn't work, okay? Then what does work, keep going down that line or keep it in your toolbox and then you do, at right. what's the next thing that needs to be solved? And you keep stacking on top of that one on top of the other until you come to a solution, or you come to an execution of chopping wood that's really good, whatever it may be. It's all about the process of trial and error. And some people might be good at critical thinking in different executions of their work or whatever it is. But it's still that practiced ability that allows you to then interact with new and you know unique circumstances and unique uh, uh, experiences. So. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well, yeah, I think that is a great way of explaining it. Is, you. in your opinion, then, critical thinking only only related to physical, practical problems? Because everything you just mentioned was, you know, sort of a hands-on situation. Whereas I would argue that my first example is an element of critical thinking. It's just not a, it's not, it's more of a mental exercise. You don't have to apply any sort of physicality to it, if you will.
0: Okay. I, I like that, I agree. I think that, as in I agree that there, it, it, the problem could be relational it could be philosophical it could be anything Mm -hmm. and critical thinking is again the ability to assess figure out and decide determine maybe determine what does make sense and follow and what doesn't make sense and follow and so what is logical what's not logical for instance so it doesn't that by no means has to be physical but I, even like in we're talking about physical things, to a certain extent, you're still engaging with them. You know, you have to mentally picture what's going on when I'm chopping a piece of wood. I'm not just sitting there going, oh, clunk. I'm sitting there going or maybe whoosh crack would be better. But <laughs> I, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm going. OK, if I hit the piece of wood like this, is it going to split this way or that way? Is there a crack in the wood, for instance, that you want to aim for tip, <laughs> right? Is there a knot in the wood that's going to catch it? That's not just me swinging the axe and having it smash something and me going, oh, shoot. That's something I can picture, a lot, p- picture and visualize before I ever even touch the axe. And so there's still a mental configuration to it, but I agree that it can be applied to, to, to any emotional or mental uh, exercise. So but again I think there's a the distinction that I drew when I was responding to your what you said initially is there's a difference between critical thinking which is the is the action piece of uh, of determining what is logical and what is not the communication piece is I think more on the is more on the logical side if that makes sense. So in order to determine what's logical, you have to engage in critical thinking. But then once it's logical, it's its own thing. It's not logical thinking is not critical thinking. Logical thinking comes from having critically thought. I, I, I That's how I would think of it. I, I don't know if that's a super helpful uh, delineation, but that's at least in my head, the delineation I would make.
1: I think that's a good way to put it in.
0: And part of the reason that I've thought about this quite a bit recently is because I'm applying to jobs. And it's one of my strong suits. I am I not that I am horrible at many things, one of the things that I'm very, very good at is critical thinking, which is why I have such a ridiculously diverse background. Why the Lord has blessed me to successfully navigate a variety of complicated situations in my career, for instance and why i have you know i can meet with a twitter agency and tell them how they should organize their content and why the next day i can be talking with a real estate agency and or a company about you know the 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 market and how to look at a deal in a specific location not to the expertise that they're doing but i can engage in the conversation and the next day i can talk to a content agency that's uh, like a lead gen company which is you know my most recent company and you know within a a month or two have a pretty you know 70 plus percent grasp of how things work and what the deal is so i I, you know i i I look at that and i go i'm really good at that right all right it's a very strong that's a strong suit for me then what happens is i look at all these job descriptions and i don't know 60 70 80 percent of them list critical thinking is something we really need a critical thinker. I go, yeah, I'm a critical thinker. Right. And then they go, well, you don't have the right background. Okay. If you're a good critical thinker, you don't actually have to have the right background because you can figure it out in a few weeks or months, whatever it is. It's typically under two to three months if it's a career related thing. And if you're really dialing in even less. And so I thought it was interesting that in a professional career context, pomp, Pomp is his you know nickname. Anthony Pompliano is his name, but Pomp was calling out a lack of critical thinking being an issue, which is something I've certainly noticed in co-workers, colleagues people I've met, et cetera is going like you really don't know how to think about this or even how to think uh, in terms of critically relative to how to navigate whatever the situation is uh, or question is. and but it's something that everyone's calling out, which tells me that a, there's probably a disconnect between the you know, critical thinking engaged here, right? There's a disconnect between the people who are posting critical thinking and saying, oh, putting that in the job description because they don't know what real critical thinking is. It's just a great buzzword. And then the people who are applying who have don't have a background in trying to figure out how to critically think and it hasn't been a very serious element of their background. Or if it has been, it's only been applied to a specific context. So if I am a... If I'm a marketer and my job is marketing analytics, then I, you know, you're in all likelihood, you're decently good at critical thinking within the context of uh, marketing analytics. What is working, what isn't working, what is getting response, what's not getting response, et cetera. But how much of that is the result of you having pressed the same buttons a thousand times over the last two to three years of your career? Versus you having gone through the evolution of this is something I solved and or this is something I can solve uh, through critical thinking, right? Difference between practiced and repetition and solving a problem. So and that's why right when you get to how do you get to be the best at whoever you know, whatever it is that you're doing? Take I'm not a, the biggest fan of Tom Brady and I don't that's not a, really a football comment. I don't watch that much football, um, but there's a reason that he has, what is it? Six or seven rings now, you know, one of the most, if not, I'm pretty sure he's the most decorated player of all, of all time. And he's a, he's a total menace at 45, I think this year or last year, I think he was 44 last year, years old, right? Because he's seen 10,000 games. He's seen a million hours of game footage and he has not only knows how to critically think when he's being at, uh, attacked by a specific defense and by a new defense or by a different team he also has the 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 background of having practiced and pushed those buttons a thousand times so he's able to take both of those things combine them and where does he end up you know at the top and so um, and so like maybe a good case in point of that is my understanding is again I'm not a huge football watcher but I enjoy the, the sport as a concept, but I hate paying for it. Uh, <laughs> but take, for example, uh, when I believe when he was at the Patriots, he actually took less money so that they could afford better players for, t- for his defensive line, et cetera, right? Which helped set the whole team up for success. That is a critical thinking objective, not one where he goes, yeah, I've just always taken you know less money because that seems to work. And so that's just what I do. If, you know, i have done every time. No. That's Tom Brady going through a critical thinking exercise of saying, if this piece does that and that piece does that and this piece does the other thing, then as a whole, strategically, that moves the objective forward, moves us to the objective. So anyway, uh, I don't know that I have any more or too many more thoughts on that, but that was definitely something that I've been thinking about. And I suppose that the natural uh, forward from that would be, well. How do you practice critical thinking? How do you, how do you then, you know, we've given you maybe or given some thoughts, thrown, thrown some thoughts out there about what critical thinking is, but that's different from necessarily knowing how to think about critical thinking and how to get better at it. Do you have, I don't know, when you think about getting better at critical thinking, what comes to mind? Yeah. Did you
1: have a question at the end there? I. Um...
0: Yeah. Yeah. When you think about critical thinking, what comes to mind? Or
1: like when yeah, you think, think about
0: works. getting better at critical thinking, when you think about how to think about critical thinking for someone and or for yourself who, I'm making this up for you, but right, who hasn't thought about it before, what comes to mind? That was a bad question. When you think about getting better
1: critical thinking, what comes to mind? I think about getting better at it. Uh, well, I mean, just like anything, I mean, the more often you employ that tool, the better you'll get at using it.
0: How do you use so, that tool? How do
1: you practice using that tool? Well, I mean, there are a few areas in your life where I think that you there is no use for it. In simpler terms, you can use it in almost every aspect of your life. So when I go to work, how can I make things more efficient? How can I make things better and faster and flow in a more efficient manner for time savings, you know, I'm actively looking for problems. So, I mean, if you're not actively looking for problems and you won't have problems to solve as opposed to just showing up and doing it with the person before you did. Right. So, so it just goes back to what you were saying about identifying problems. And then, you know, when I'm playing Frisbee, ultimate Frisbee, I can, you know, identify problems with, my personal play and my personal play style and what I need to work on and better myself at and then also I can identify how I'm impacting those around me and how I can get better at making my team better because I work on myself Um, so those are two completely different things where I employ critical thinking and I think as a natural course of a natural course of life, I think it spills over into how you think about how you formulate your opinions and your worldview as well.
0: Okay. Because here's how, as you were thinking, or as you were talking, and I, I was thinking one the the thought that I would have is for someone who's asking a question, how do I get better at critical thinking? I think what I would say is Take something in your life that bothers you. It could be the fact that your toothpaste runs out or is running out and you can't get the rest of it out. Right. I'm just making this up. It could be as in as as, as, as minuscule as an issue as that. And you ask yourself, how can how can I solve this problem? How can I make this better? Do I cut the top off the toothpaste and stick my uh, stick my um, to- uh, toothbrush in there, right, and scrape out the last little bit? Is it that you don't like waking up at ten o'clock? You want to wake up at nine o'clock or whatever? You know, obviously it's late for both of us now, <laughs> um, right? Okay. Well, does that mean I need to? How do I solve that problem? Do I need to go to bed earlier? Do I need to? stop scrolling on TikTok or Instagram or whatever it is, you know, when it's time to actually go to bed. Does that mean that I need to set my alarm for a little bit earlier? Cause it takes me longer to wake up. Does that mean that I need to stop drinking so much caffeine during the day so that I can go to bed? Does that mean that I need to uh, maybe check out my Apple watch or whatever it is, you know, that might give you some circadian rhythm information and I don't know if Apple Watch does that, Fitbit does, uh, right? So that you can see that, oh, hey, I'm actually hitting a deep REM cycle right at the time my alarm goes off at 9.50, if I want, or at 8.50. And so it's way harder to get up at 9 than it should be. If I back it up by 10, 15 minutes, I actually can wake up earlier much easier. So am I hydrated, you know, in the afternoon going into bed so that I'm not, you know, parched and kind of restless sleeping? I need to eat a full dinner so I'm not hungry while I'm sleeping. And it's kind of, again, messing with my sleep, whatever it may be. Take whatever the, take something in your life that bothers you. And that is a, that you would describe as an issue in your life, not necessarily an existential one, just, you know, Hey, this is a thing that irks my brain. Therefore it's an issue. How do I solve that? And that's where I would start. And I think you do that once and then you do it twice and then you do it three times. And before you know it, You're automatically identifying problems and you're automatically thinking through how to solve them. So that's, it becomes a natural uh, flow state almost of, of, of your mental processing of your interaction with even just your daily life. So that's what I would say.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's a perfect way of explaining it. I, you know, it's, finding something that bothered you, every single problem that I've ever solved is because something was bothering me. Uh so whether at work or at Ultimate Frisbee or in the way I communicate with people, even, you know, just yeah. relationally, you know, you fix it by figuring out specifically what it is that's bothering you or annoying you or frustrating you and then identifying a solution to said thing.
0: Yeah. The other way you could do it is say, this is something that really interests me, a topic, a career choice, a book, uh, whatever it is, right? I'm going to figure out everything there is to know about it. I'm going to, within reason, get very good at whatever this topic is. For me in the past, it's been, you know what, I want to understand Call of Duty. I'm gonna watch a bunch of games. I'm gonna to listen to the, you know, the the players, I'm gonna to listen to their scrims, I'm gonna watch some YouTube videos, I'm gonna figure out what's going on. Right. Take something simple, they just, you know what, this is interesting to me. And then engage it, treat it like a problem that needs to be solved and start thinking through, oh, learn this, learn this, read this, watch this. And it's it's almost a creative form of critical thinking. Because eventually what you want to do is you want to get to the point where it doesn't matter what the problem is. It might not be a problem to you, but maybe it's a problem to your boss and he wants you to solve it. If you haven't practiced critical thinking, then you have no f- framework, you have no experience in critical thinking, in, it, or I should say in, what, what's the word I want? In externally uh, forced critical thinking. And that's the point where that's how you get excellent at critical thinking. Is it because it shouldn't just be, oh, I'm good at solving problems because they bother me. That's at some point, if that's all you're doing, that's a form of laziness. Oh, I'm just maximizing for my own contentment, my own comfort, right? And the way to get excellent at something is to, all right, I'm going to pick something completely random or just, you know what, this random thing interests me. I'm going to dig into it. So case in point is when you and I, maybe a, a good case in point is when you and I were trying to figure out how to stream, right? Well, what did, you know, I, I, I don't know all the things you did, but right for my, you know, case in point, right? I watched a bunch of videos on OBS versus Streamlabs, figured out how to use OBS, determined it was easier, you know, figured out how to do this, figured out how to connect it to this, figured out, found videos that helped explain how to set up your settings to increase bitrate or decrease bitrate and get the right quality for the ratio and like all this sort of stuff, so that when we were streaming specifically for YouTube or specifically for Twitch, we had the highest quality outcome that we could, you know, uh, achieve for, uh, for you know, our fun little you know streams or whatever when we were playing Call of Duty. So that's an, an, that's an example of it's not a problem per se. It's not something that irks me. Or, uh, you know, when I can't figure something out, it, it irks me. But, you know, it was an externally forced thing. But now, right, Twitter content agency comes to me and says, hey, you know, this is the I, I need an operations person because I want to scale my company and I don't really know how to think about doing that. I'm able to, you know, no context, not a problem, not an irk. I'm able to say, all right, I'm able to go through the process of critically thinking on how to solve that you know, I, I spent, you know, a few days thinking through it, processing it. And, you know, then I sent him some, some, you know, put together a little, uh, a little work product for him, sent it over, loved it, would totally hire me uh, on it. He's going to pay me for what I did, but he would a hire, he would hire me if he, if he continues to scale it versus he might do an acquisition um, or someone might acquire him. And then B, he said, Hey, if you were looking for other you know, uh, other clients, and you just want me to boost you or anything, put it out on Twitter, you know, he's got seven to 10,000 or no, was it? I can't remember if he personally has around 10,000 or 40,000. His meme account, I think has 30 or 40,000, right? Let me know, and I'll boost it, right? That could not have happened if I didn't have experience and well, practiced experience and uh, of trying to critically solve things. And to be fair, you know, I I feel like it's easy when we talk about these, uh, you know, hey, let me expound on our wisdom of, you know, we've been just so intelligent, how we've existed. No, no, no. (laughs) Walked through, or I'll even speak for myself, I've walked through a lot of what I refer to as fire situations where things are dark, things are tough, things are very, very hard. uh, Very hard. And i was forced to either you know i was forced to survive and you know obviously as christians believe god was caring for us and that's certainly where we found substantive or you know i've found uh, substantive sources of strength in navigating those circumstances and even right now i'm in the middle of one i've critically thought the crap out of it and i don't have a solution for it you know what else am i supposed to do you know other than just keep plotting away so you know, I don't think I'm doing anything wrong with how I've executed the last three months, you know, not that I couldn't have been more efficient or whatever, right, but balance and all things. And so uh, I do want to always hopefully ensure that that caveat or that that understanding, uh, my understanding of that, and your understanding of that is always taken into consideration when people are listening to, you know, the words that are coming out of our mouths. We by no means have all things figured out, you know case in point being, you know, I don't have a job right now. So
1: (laughs) how was your cigar? Excellent. One of the better ones I've had recently. Nice. Nice. Glad.
0: have you smoked the, uh, the Mansa or the Mansa yet? It's kind of got the, I don't know, middle, not middle Eastern, maybe like Indian Raj-esque band.
1: I don't think so. It doesn't sound familiar.
0: It's from last month. It's as long. There were about 10% of them that didn't smoke well. But the apparently 90% of them did. Mine smoked very well. It's delicious. Jeremy's same deal. So I was just curious because I think you'd really, really like that one.
1: Okay. Yeah, no, I don't think I have.
0: I think Domita, the La Domita
1: was from
0: uh, two months ago.
1: Okay. Yeah, I've got like three ish boxes right now, so. Okie doke.
0: Anything else on your mind going into this week or the rest of this week? I guess it's Tuesday.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think I'm clear and free. So
0: nice. All right. Well, thank you for everybody who uh, I don't think anyone tuned in live today. So thank you for anyone and anyone, everyone and anyone listening to the recording of this podcast. I do apologize. I. I thought I put up episode seven. This is episode eight. I thought I put episode seven up on, on, on YouTube and what, and Spotify and Apple podcasts and whatnot last week, but I didn't. So I've got to get that over the editor and whatnot, get that taken care of. And this one as well, and we'll have them both up uh, by, uh, by, by the end of this week, I think so. um, But anyway, thank you for, for everyone listening. And uh, if you're, you're watching on YouTube, give us a like, please. And or give us a comment, denigrating comment, so uh, we know how to improve. And if you're on Spotify uh, or, and or Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave us a review or whatever you can do. I, I know you can do reviews and stuff on Apple Podcasts. Spotify is uh, still catching up on that regard. So you can send me a, a, a fun message on uh, Twitter or Instagram or something. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we'll leave it there. Hope you guys have an awesome rest of your day whenever you're listening to this. Take care.